There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, welcoming you to another episode of the show. Second one this week, if you're listening when this comes out, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed Monday's episode with Tony Lovato of Mest. Had a great time talking to Tony. But, uh, you know, since we're at the end of April here, I wanted to jump on and give you a April rundown. So I wanted to give you an extra podcast this week and uh, say thank you once again for uh, checking out the uh, show. I've been getting I've been getting hit up by people online who, uh, you know, obviously now everyone's quarantined. But a lot of people finding us, you know, during during the last month or so while they're stuck inside and uh, definitely means the world. You know, people are like, you know, keeping keeping me, uh, you know, helping keeping them entertained you know, while they're stuck inside and whatnot, I, I definitely appreciate hearing from people and uh, hearing that, you know, I mean, I know shit can get very boring. So if, uh, if, uh, you know, I can take your mind off of it or keep you entertained for an hour or whatever, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, I can do that, but thank you for checking out this episode. I've been, I've been very happy with the uh, podcast this month. I feel like I've had, uh, some really, just some guests that I, I absolutely love. I mean, I, I've said it before on here, but, you know, I, I do everything with the Power Record Hour. I mean, I, I host it, I produce it, I book the guests, I, you know, on the radio show, I put the playlists of when I'm going to play uh, together, you know, I, I decide everything I'm going to play, I how I'm going to play it, the sequencing, I, I'm just, you know, I'm a one-man operation, basically, and, you know, when it comes to guests, when I have someone on, you know, I'm I'm only asking people who obviously, you know, I, I care about the thing that we're talking about. So I, I got to say, you know, like the the guests that I've had on this month were huge for me because, you know, if I have someone on, I'm genuinely a big fan of them, you know, and I and I want to talk to them about said thing. You know, it's it's not so much that, you know, we're we're on a uh, you know, we're on like a radio station or we have a podcast that has like, you know, a a a big old behind the scenes thing. And, you know, we have a booking agent who's like, well, you know, we got to have this guest on this week. So then we can have this person on, you know, the following week because we had that person on because they have the same like agent or something like that. You know I mean? Obviously we're not that kind of operation, a lot more of a small scale here. So, you know, if I ask someone on, I really, really like that person really into whatever it is that we're talking about. And, uh, you know, this, this month, the people that I've had on, were just absolutely amazing. You know, if you uh, haven't heard any of the episodes, I had a lot of guests this month. Like I said, on Monday, Tony from Mest, we talked about the new Mest record, Masquerade. I talked to uh, Greg Eklund, former drummer, or former drummer of Everclear, and uh, also frontman of the Ulas, plays drums for Storm Large, does a bunch of stuff. We talked about Everclear's sophomore record, Sparkle and Fade, for its 25th anniversary and what he is up to now. Very, very good guy. And uh, I actually got to hear about a week or so ago, I did actually get to hear some of those songs. If you listen to the interview that Greg was talking about, his solo stuff, and uh, cannot share it, but I can tell you this, sounds really, really good. I, I uh, you know, whenever he releases it, I know right now it's all up in the air, but uh, I do just want you to know if you did hear that episode and, uh, you know, you're obviously, you know, you're probably curious, like, oh, man, I wonder, you know, I wonder what a solo stuff sounds like. I can tell you it sounds really, really good. 
And uh, when when he gets around to releasing it, I think people are really going to like it, and I'm definitely going to have him back on to uh, talk about it. It's really good stuff. It, it's not finished either, but even in the state that it's in right now, it sounds really good, and I think people are really going to like it. Also talk to uh, Jason Navarro of the Suicide Machines about their new record, Revolution Spring. Still my favorite album to come out this year. He uh, That and the Bomb Pops, Death in Venice Beach, my two favorite records of 2020 so far. And uh, had such a good time talking to Jason. And then, obviously, a few weeks ago, a big one for us. One of the most downloaded uh, episodes yet. And I think probably the fastest downloaded. Like, I mean, like in the first couple days, like, really couldn't believe how many people uh, were listening to it. But uh, Heath Saracino and Rob Hitt of the band Midtown talking Save the World, Lose the Girl for its 20th anniversary. And uh, that that one was so much fun. I mean, it was so cool to have two of them on to kind of jump off each other and bounce off one another and, uh, you know, kind of kind of tell stories that maybe one of them forgot about. You know, I feel like there were a couple moments like that where either Rob remembered something that, you know, Heath didn't remember. Heath would remember something Rob didn't remember. And, uh, you know, just just as a fan was amazing to uh, hear them talk about some of that stuff. You know, it uh I, I'm stoked it happened on my on on this here podcast that I uh, host, but I'd have been stoked to hear them talk about that stuff anywhere or uh, on any show. So yeah, you know if you haven't heard any of those, go check them out. Those are the episodes that we have had this month, and uh, I have some good stuff planned for you next month. Or uh, I guess it depends when you're listening. I'm re- I'm releasing this on the 30th of April, kind of in the evening. So I mean you're probably listening to this. It's probably May by now. So you know happy May to you or happy whatever month it is when you're listening to this. You know I always forget that with podcasts that you're listening. I'm so used to doing the radio show where you know we we do it once a month or not once a month once a week you know, for an hour and then it doesn't, you know, every, every now and then we may do a rerun, you know, if I, if I uh, can't do an episode or I'm out of town or something, but, uh, you know, for the most part, don't get replayed a lot. Whereas, you know, this, you kind of forget. It's like, oh yeah, you know, people might, people might be listening to this months from now, you know, maybe, maybe even years from now, which I don't, I don't know, maybe not this episode in particular. I, I think years from now, I, I, I don't know. This is all going to be, I'm going to talk about like the new releases this month and music news and stuff. It's, it's going to be a little outdated uh, if you listen too late, but you know, thank you so much for listening. Check out those uh, episodes from this month and uh, or last month and uh, check out what I'm going to have this month for you, a bunch more interviews and uh, even some throwback episodes, some more interviews that, uh, you know, I did on the radio show before, you know, a couple couple years back here, you know, going back to like 2017, uh, having some of those that obviously weren't on the podcast because we've only been doing the podcast for this year. And, uh, you know, bringing those out, we definitely have some to check out. And then there's definitely some I will not be bringing out because, uh, you know, sometimes you listen to your old stuff and you go, wow, that. I, I, I got to say, I, I can, I can at least say I've gotten better, you know, may not be the world's, that, that's the thing, you know, I, I, I listen to some of that old stuff and I go, you know, if I ever need validation or go like, okay, I, I'm, I'm doing a decent job. I can listen to that and go like, okay, I don't, I don't cringe so much listening to things that I do now as compared to some of my really old stuff, just listening to my voice and, you know, my cadence and how I talk and whatnot, you know, I, I, I can listen back then and go, well, I don't feel that way listening to stuff now, so I must be doing something right. But, uh, you know, the the good stuff from the Power Chord Hour Vault, I'll start picking from and, uh, you know, keep throwing on the Power Chord Hour podcast feed here for you to enjoy while we're all still locked in the house. But, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, doing like an April rundown, it's like, you know, not not a lot out there. 
because we've all been stuck inside. But you know what? There there was definitely some good music to uh, come out last month. So I, I got to say, you know, to, to keep us company and keep us sane, you know, definitely got some uh, some good music. And I also, I, I you know, I've brought it up on here, but playing a lot of like bass and guitar right now, um, doing a little bit of hiking, you know, where you can still kind of stay socially distant, doing uh, some hiking. I don't live too far from the Allegheny National Forest um, in Pennsylvania, and it's it's one of the greatest uh, national forests in the country. Uh, like, and I wouldn't compare it to this, but the, the only place that I've really been, I, I've been to 47 of our 48 states. Vermont's the only one I haven't been to, and uh, just about everywhere I go, I go hit up national parks and national forests and do hiking. And uh, I mean, one of the one of the very few that I love more than the Allegheny National Forest would be like like uh, uh, Olympic Olympic National Forest in uh, Washington. I mean, the redwoods in California, and uh, you know, not a uh, not state forest so much, but even just like the Pacific Coast Highway and like you know, a couple a couple different places where I go, you know, or like the Blue Ridge Parkway. Like, there's there's a few places in the country where I go. Those are my favorite places to hike. You know, not even national forests, but just <clears throat> um, favorite places to hike. But uh, Allegheny National Forest, it, it just 20 minutes from me is uh is just one of my favorites it's it's so amazing to uh have that so you know when i can weather permitting i uh i've been going out there and still hiking but uh you know not don't don't always get great weather right now it snows and it rains and then sometimes it's like 50 degrees out and then i try to go hike during that when i can but uh yeah a lot of a lot of playing guitar a lot of playing bass right now um, you know, I, I was just thinking this too. I, I'm not, I'm not a big pedal guy when it comes to guitar or bass. I mean, with guitar, I, uh, I mean, even though I say that I probably do own, if I went and looked, I probably have 10, I, I have 10 or 12 guitar pedals, even though I'm not really a big pedal guy. I, I own them mostly because I also, I'm not a big pedal guy. I'm also a, a deal guy. And there's definitely been pedals that I've, that I've seen like used at like a guitar center, for like twenty dollars, where I just go, well, obviously I'm gonna buy that. It's a twenty dollar guitar pedal, so I have acquired somewhat of a, you know, that that's probably not even the biggest collection. I'm sure there's someone listening to this right now who has like hundreds. I mean, there there's definitely musicians, including touring musicians, probably have fucking hundreds of uh, pedals, probably of the same, probably you know five of of one distortion pedal in case one goes. But uh, what I, what I was thinking though, you know, with with bass. The only pedal out there I think I've ever played that sounds good on bass, in my opinion, like effects pedals, is a big muff. Which, uh, if, if you don't if you don't play a bass, a big muff is a fuzz pedal. It's I, I'm trying to think a lot of like indie rock. You hear it in a lot of like lo-fi and like indie rock. It has this like fuzzy tone to it, but it's a uh, it's a fuzz pedal. I, I guess you'd also hear it in like like some. Uh, Kind of more like stoner metal, not not so much like really really heavy, but more like some of the old school metal and like stoner metal, some of the slower but kind of deeper heavier stuff. But uh, I mean, I, I've been playing with that big muff pedal a little bit, and uh, you know that's been fun. But I think that's like the only bass pedal out there that I that I've ever found like useful that you can record with. Like, I mean, I, I've I've used some. Uh, a couple bass pedals where it's like they're fun to fuck around with and like if you're just screwing around they sound fine but you would never in a million years like record with them you know 
Um, you know, I, I'd love to hear from other musicians. Hit me up, uh, powercordhour at gmail.com. You know, like as far as bass pedals go, are there any out there? And I'm not talking about like there's bass pedals that I've played that are fun to play with if it's just you. And I and I think you musicians probably know what I mean. It's like if you're just if you're in if you're in your room just playing by yourself, they might be fun or interesting. But I'm talking about like pedals and effects that you would actually go record with and use, you know, whether it's on a record or in a live setting. Like like are there are there any? I'm sure there are, but like I, I'd love to know which ones you use, you know. Or also maybe you're just like me. It's like maybe the big the big muff is about it. It's like a fuzz pedal is about it. It's like outside of that cannot find much that sounds good with uh with bass, which actually I I like because to me I, I don't know like like I said, I, I have some guitar pedals, but it's like with guitar, I like to just plug into my amp and use the uh, distortion right from the head. I have a I have a Marshall JCM 900, which I will get off this gear talk talk in a second because obviously not everyone listening, uh, you know, knows what any of this is, or even if they do, gives a shit. So I, I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, I yeah, I have a I have a Marshall JCM 900 head. And, uh, you know, the, the dirty channel on that is, is all I need. I don't really need many other pedals. Um, some really solid reverb on there too, which I can use on the clean channel. Sounds good. But, uh, you know, since, since I'm just, I'm very no nonsense when it comes to gear like that. And, uh, I'm definitely more of a bass player though than a guitar player. And I do like that as a bass player that you can, basically I can screw around with the EQ on my amp. And I'm good to go. You know, there, there's not this toying around with with all my pedals or like getting a chain going or like this one sounds good with this one. There's really there's not that it's basically I'm either going to play right into the amp or like I said, I might use my big muff and uh, that's about it, you know. But uh, but yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Hit me up. I mean, I love I love to hear from listeners and uh, I love to talk music. But on the other side of it, too, I also like to talk gear and stuff. So, I mean, if you're a musician listening to this. You know, uh, hit hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com. What uh what bass pedals, if any, do you like using? Or or are you kinda like me? There's just really pedals you really don't need pedals on bass. You just you really don't. Um, you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to hear what other people's stances on on that hot topic are. Let me let, let me hear uh let me hear your uh your hot takes on uh that. But yeah, just just kind of been doing that lately, you know, playing uh playing some guitar, playing some bass, hiking a little when I can, you know, and, uh, and, and keeping distant. Cause that's the other thing. Then it becomes hard too. Cause sometimes you think it's a good idea. Cause I mean, I guess, I guess if you, if you don't know where I'm talking about too, you know, in a lot of like, including cities right now, like they're a city park, like those things get filled. You know what I mean? Like you really can't get away from people. The nice thing is like with Allegheny National Forest, it's huge. It's vast. It's, you know, there's a lot of places in it where you generally don't see people. Like you go down like seasonal dirt roads that like, you know, you need to you need to make sure you have like four wheel drive to get down. You know, like you do not want to get stuck on these roads. There's a lot of places like that where you can go where you're not going to see another soul, you know, all day. You can go spend eight hours out there and you're not going to see anyone, which, uh, you know, right now is, is nice. But there has I will say, though, it's funny because there's been some desolate parts. You know, I've been going down there for like, I don't know, like the last decade hiking and whatnot, and uh, there's been places where I've never seen another soul 
that uh, I, I've, I've seen a couple here and there lately just because, you know, people are cooped up in the house and have that same brilliant idea that you do. It's like, hey, no one's down. No one's down here. I'll go there. And then you get there and you were wrongfully mistaken, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you know, hopefully you're all doing well out there, whatever you're doing. You know, let, let me do, let me know what you're doing, too. You know, hit me up once again at our uh, email and uh, let me know what you're doing to to stay sane right now. And, uh, you know, not, not, not go crazy being stuck in the house and not, you know, not knowing what's coming up next. But, uh, you know, one, one thing to get your mind off of it is new music. And like I mentioned earlier, there was actually a decent amount of uh, new music that came out in April. And I thought some stuff that was actually really good. So right now I got a list for you of the new releases of April 2020. And we'll play a couple songs for you afterwards. Local H just put out their new record, Lifers. This thing, this thing sounds good, and it's another, just a band who's been at it now since I mean, you know, the early '90s, and you know, has such a back catalog. But uh, th- this new one sounds really, really good. I, I think this is uh, this is probably one of their best ones in a while. Which you know, it-, it is always cool with bands that you like who have been around for a while. Always cool when they put something out, you know, that that's really good. Where you go like, oh wow, like that's the best thing they've put out since you know so and so. But uh, I would definitely say if you're a local age fan, go check out Lifers if you haven't. I, I think if you're a fan, you're going to like that one. Green Day put out an EP. It is Otis Big Guitar Mix, and that is a uh, EP of different mixes of songs off Uno, Dos, and Trace. Go uh, check that out. Sunshine State just put out their second album called The Mess, and you can get it for Pay What You Want on their Bandcamp. It is sunshinestate666.bandcamp.com. And uh, that band does feature Warren Oaks, former drummer of Against Me. And uh, you, you know, it's it's funny. He has he definitely has a style, and I never thought of that before. But like listening to it, there like you can listen, and I almost go or not almost. I do. I go like, oh wow, that's Warren playing drums. You go like, oh yeah, you can totally tell. It's like like if you listen to Against Me, you go like like even like. And it's weird because you can normally say it with like vocals or even like with guitar and stuff. I don't feel like you really hear it with drums, but it's like I can hear it and I kind of go like, oh, it almost reminds me of like the way he played drums on like, say, New Wave, you know, but uh, sounds really good. The band's cool. And uh, I, I always like uh, hearing what Warren's doing. I was a big fan of his uh, basically of everything he did in against me. He played on all my favorite records. So go check out Sunshine State. The uh, Strokes just put out the new Abnormal, and that is a really good one. I, I really didn't like them for a long time and really only recently started uh, getting into them maybe the last couple years here. But this is the strongest thing they've put out in years, and some of these songs are like up there as I think some of the best ones they've put out. Um, on first listen, wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought it was too synthy. I was like, yeah, there's a couple okay songs here. But it's one of those albums that really it had to grow on me a couple listens. But uh, after a few listens, I really like it. You know, it, at first I wasn't that into it. I thought, man, all these songs are like five something minutes. They're like five minutes and something seconds each. You know, which is pretty long for Stroke songs. And I'm like too synthy. You know, I thought it was kind of weird for for some reason. I don't I don't know. I like. I like at least a 10 song record and there's nine songs on it, which is always so weird to me. There's just something about that. I don't know. I just think it's cause we've been conditioned like albums, you know, it, it, I remember that when I, when I started listening to rush when I, when I was like in middle school is like, like I would get, I would get a rush album. I would look on the back and I'm like, like what the hell? Like there's like eight songs on here. There's like seven songs, which I mean, to be fair, 
each song and it's kind of the same thing like on the strokes album it's like you know every song is like five minutes long so it's like in the end it's just as long as your standard like 10 12 song album you know where the songs are two two and a half minutes long to begin with and you know it's kind of the same thing with like rush it's like some of the songs are like 15 minutes long so it's like oh okay i guess that does count as a you know as a few different songs but uh, I would definitely go check out the new Abnormal, um, one of my favorites to come out in April, one of my favorite things that the Strokes done in a really long time, best thing they've done at least since their uh, third record, and uh, even that, I would almost say there's parts of this that I like more than that third record. I mean, I, I think I think their first two albums are really good, and then after that, I can kind of cherry pick songs from each album that I like, but uh, I would say this this is their first one in a long time where I would say it's consistently good front to back. And uh, that that you'd want to listen to the whole thing, you know, not just not just listen to like one or two songs. Wildlife just put out their album Year of the Snake. This thing is great. They just put out I can't remember the which video or which song it's for. Oh yes, Kiss and Run, I believe it's called. If I'm not mistaken, it's Kiss and Run. But uh, I mean, go look it up. I think they only have one music video for this uh, new album Year of the Snake. But it, it's hilarious. They're really funny. I. Uh, I'd never heard them before. I mean, they're a great rock and roll band, but I, I went back and after I saw their new music video, watched a couple of their old ones, and uh, they're they're hilarious. They're really funny, and they're really good, just kind of rock, punk, just kind of that, like, classic 70s, like, New York City punk rock vibe. You know what I mean? Like, heavy, heavy Ramones influence in there. Um, just I, kind of a retro kind of throwback vibe to them. Really good stuff. Go check out Wildlife, Year of the Snake. Sorry Ghost put out The Morning After. Go check that out. Man Overboard put out their first single, Lifeline. Um, first single in, not even first single, first song they've put out in over five years, I believe. Um, at least five, if not more. But uh, I really like it. I'm going to play that uh, for you here in a minute. And uh, I wasn't... I really I liked I liked Real Talk and I liked their self-title record. Heart Attack had some good songs here and there on it, but I kind of lost interest with the band towards the end of their career. And uh, I really liked the song. I mean, if they're coming back, I don't I don't know if they have plans to record more or not. I think they've played a couple shows here and there. You know, they're kind of like dipping their toes in it again. But I wouldn't mind stuff more in the vein of uh, this song. I, I I think it's really good. Another really good one that came out this month and uh, another one I really, this might have been my favorite thing to come out this month. Probably this or The Strokes, but uh, Violent Soho just put out their new album. Everything is A-OK and I love that thing. I, uh, I, I've i known I've known of them for years, known a couple songs here and there, but this is the first time that I've that I've like bought one of their albums and like listened to like the full length and I love it. It's, it's really good. I mean, if you've never listened to them, there's you can't get away from it i mean they sound like a throwback 90s band but not not in a bad way like not not in a way where it's cheesy or gimmicky it's just they just sound like that like it's just one of those things where there's certain bands where it's like they almost don't even mean to sound like a certain like like you go oh that's a throwback to this or that and it's like they don't even really mean to do that it's just what they're influenced by and i I think that's kind of the case like with them it's like i don't even know if they're like purposely going out of their way to sound a certain way it's just those guys are into like you know, they're influenced by a certain sound and it's like, they do that sound very well. And, uh, they definitely do on this records. So go check out violent Soho. Everything is a okay. Go check out the dream syndicate. They just put out the universe inside Danzig just put out Danzig sings Elvis. Definitely go check that out. I, I, I love Danzig. 
we put something out, you gotta go check it out. I mean, it's, it's the misfits. That that that's it. The misfits. You know, you you gotta go check it out. And uh, classic punk band. Speaking of classic punk, X just put out a new album called Alphabet Land. Let's go check that one out. And also out this month was Ultimate Fake Books' new record, first one in a long time, The Preserving Machine. I uh, I can't say good enough stuff about that one. Definitely go check that one out as well. But those are the new releases of April 2020 for you, and we're going to play a block of new songs for you. Right now, here is one off Violent Soho's new album, Everything is A-OK. Here is Easy right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. <laughs>
right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast as a little block of new music for you that came out in the month of April 2020. Right there, that was Sunshine State with Passenger off their new album, The Mess. Before that was Ultimate Fake Book with After Hours at Malines, and that's off their new album, The Preserving Machine. Before that was Man Overboard with their new single, Lifeline, and opening up that block of music was Violent Soho with Easy off their new album, Everything is A-OK. And uh, all of them, you can get all of those, you know, basically anywhere you get your music. But I want to say all of them are uh, on Bandcamp. I know that Man Overboard, Ultimate Fake Book, and uh, Sunshine State definitely are. And I would assume Violent Soho was. But uh, I do know that Man Overboard and that Sunshine State are also pay what you can on Bandcamp. So go check that out on uh, all their pages. I also say Bandcamp too because I feel like bands get the best like compensation off there. And uh, I don't I don't know if like at least for me personally if I can get music on Bandcamp I always go with Bandcamp because of that I always I always hear the most positive things from uh, artists from there and you know obviously you want artists to get compensated you know and sadly they don't always so any you know anytime you can and uh, you know I actually I didn't even mean to do this but that is a that is a transition for us here folks because. You know, I want to talk some uh, music news for the month of April for you, and it brings us into our very first story. I want to talk about this because I think it's such an amazing thing. Speaking of Bandcamp, but Bandcamp has waived their fees for artists for the every first Friday of the next three months. So that is today, June fifth, and July third. That is the next three months. They are waiving their revenue share for uh, all sales on Bandcamp from midnight to midnight PDT on each day. So, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on uh, May 1st and you uh, were going to grab some music anytime soon, go grab it now. Help out, help out the musicians. And uh, a little thing that Ethan Diamond, the co-founder and CEO of Bandcamp, said about the, you know, the whole thing. He said, musicians will continue to feel the effects of lost touring income for many months to come. So we're also sharing some ideas below on how fans can support the artists they love and how artists can give fans new creative ways to provide support. It may sound simple, but the best way to help artists is with your direct financial support. And we hope you'll join us through the coming months as we work to support these artists in this challenging time. I think it's really cool. I mean, I, I you know, like I like I said, Bandcamp always uh, seems the most artist friendly, and then they do things like that, which uh, definitely, which definitely kind of solidify the whole thing. And go, okay, yeah, they they actually are. You know, you you hear all these other things from you know like Spotify and uh, you know a lot a lot of other ones that not always you you don't always hear the greatest things from them. So I I think that's really cool if a music distribution site is being that fair to artists, you know, I I definitely think that's something to support. So go check that out. It's for the next three months. I mean, you know, who who knows what happens after that, but at least for the next three months, the uh, first Friday of every month, they're going to be waiving all those fees. So when you get, when you buy that music, all the money is going to the artist. And, you know, I, I think that's absolutely awesome. Another little piece of music news, Against Me has released three unreleased demos circa 2007. So this is like the new wave era. And uh, the band has released the songs on a SoundCloud under the name Angela Baker. The three songs include Mia Bella California, Merchandise, and Last High of the Evening. I, uh, you know, I listened to them and I... I was not really that into them. I got to be honest. I, I, and I love against me, but I wasn't, and I wasn't terribly surprised that I wasn't into them. And I'll tell you why they put out an EP 
I believe it was an EP, and it also might have been like bonus tracks on New Wave in like you know like an international edition of it, like it like an import. But uh, there there is like an EP out there of I don't know like three or four songs that were outtakes from the New Wave sessions, and that EP as well. Like they're kind of like these songs. They're not bad by any means, but I totally get why they weren't on the record. Like, there's certain bands, Alkaline Trio is a great example of this. Alkaline Trio, you listen to, like, their B-sides and unreleased stuff, and most fans will tell you it's, like, it's it's just as good, if not better, than the studio recordings. Like, there's so many, like, really, like, I truly think Alkaline Trio is a band, and maybe one of the few, honestly, too, who could go to a tour where they go, okay, we're only playing we're only playing B-sides and outtakes. You know, we're basically playing the Remains album. Like that that's all we're doing. And I think I think that tour would sell out. I truly do. I think shows would sell out because people love people love their B-sides and whatnot. Like they're really strong. And then other bands, they they just have B-sides where you go, oh, okay, I, I see why that's a B-side. I see why that's unreleased. And uh you know, for for against me, I yeah, like like I, I feel like they're pretty smart with what makes it to record. You know, like including with New Wave because New Wave is is one of those albums where you know sometimes like like normally I like I like a lot of songs on a record. Like I don't want to say the more the better because then you can also get in territory where there are records out there where there's like twenty songs and I'm like okay slow down like that's too much. But then sometimes I'm like, 10 songs isn't enough. I'm like, oh man, I wish, you know, I wish there were a few more. Now with New Wave, I feel like that's a perfect 10 song album. So, you know, hearing these songs that they've been putting out from those New Wave sessions that didn't make it out before, I'm happy they didn't make it on there. You know, I, I, it's, it's just the truth. Like, you know, and like I said, these aren't like, I'm not saying these are like the shittiest songs ever. You know, I'm telling you to go check these out if you're an Against Me fan. I think it's worth your time to uh, go listen to them. But yeah, they're 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 kind of things that I listen to for the curiosity, like oh, they're putting out some unreleased, you know, old against me songs. But honestly, I I don't see me going back and listening to them again. They're just they're just not my thing. I, I think they were smart with what uh you know with what made it on the record, and uh you know I'm I'm happy I'm happy New Wave came out the way it, the way it did, and uh, I will say that on that. But you know uh, you know either way, go check those out. It is under Angela Baker though. If you uh, go on SoundCloud, go search Angela Baker. They're not under against me, but they uh, they are definitely against me. It it is funny though. Laura Laura was kind of fucking with people at first with it, kind of like oh like. Who you know like they're releasing this music sounds just like against me circa 2007. And after one listens, like oh yeah, you know they're, they're just they're just messing with people. You realize it's it's definitely against me. There's no way it ain't against me. And another piece of uh, music news from this month, which uh, bummed me out, and I think most people who uh, have read it kind of been bummed out, but also also kind of makes sense. I think I kind of saw it going this way. But Amoeba Music isn't going to be reopening its legendary Hollywood location before they relocate later this year. And, you know, the reason right now the temporary close is obviously due to coronavirus. But uh, they're going to be shifting their efforts here to be moving to their new Hollywood Boulevard uh, location this fall. And uh, they're going to be focusing on that instead. So uh, even when the ban is lifted, they will not be reopening that location, which really is like when I say that, I, I truly mean that it's a legendary record store. I mean, that's that was a place I, I got to go there in 2016 finally. And it was like a pilgrimage there. Like, I mean, I'm I'm from New York. I'm I'm not from California, but I, I definitely know about Amoeba Records and including that Los Angeles location. You know, I mean, it's. 
it's historic and like to go there is still one of the highlights of my of my trip to Los Angeles honestly and and just in California one of my one of my uh you know favorite stops I've uh, I've been to all three amoebas and and I'm very including now that they're closing this one I'm very happy I got a chance to uh go to it but just so so sad I mean I was bummed out at the news that they were relocating to begin with but you know now now to know that there's not a chance at all you know for people to go back in one more time is uh you know it's definitely a bummer and uh, the the whole reason that they're relocating to the moving from its historical Sunset Boulevard location comes from GPI development buying the building 5 years ago and uh, they're moving they're moving forward with, with their plan to uh, turn the historic amoeba location to a 26-story mixed-use complex so a shitty high-rise is basically going there it's it's so crazy like it's it bums me out so much that like that's what's going to happen they're going to get rid of that building they're going to demolish a historical building and put up some like cheap shitty thing with probably insane rent like who knows what it's going to cost insane rent you know no no class or personality that you know the amoeba building has or you know the history either and it's just such a bummer you know what i mean when shit like that happens it it just it absolutely bums me out i i uh i love to travel a lot i love uh going and seeing like just old slices of like american history like i i love traveling on route 66 and i i can't like stress that for people enough like what a fun thing that is. If you're into like roadside attractions and stuff, if if that's not your thing, if you don't like driving in the car, you don't like kitschy things, like you're probably not going to have that mo- that much fun. So if you're <laughs> if you're a boring fuck, don't do it. But if you if you like to have fun and you you know you uh you appreciate that like fun kitschy kind of stuff, it's amazing. And I I I love even seeing like old abandoned buildings and old signs and just different things. And what you learn from, uh, you know, doing that is that this stuff doesn't really get preserved in that, you know, like, like the things you saw on your trip, say through Oklahoma in like 2016, you're not guaranteed that the stuff you saw there is going to be there four years later. You know, it really makes this thing where it makes it that much more special because it's like, you don't, you know, it's, it's not, it's not forever. It's very temporary. You don't know, you know, something gets shut down. They might demolish it. And, you know, it kind of makes you appreciate it more, but it's kind of the same thing where you, you know, you see the destruction of these things where in in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinions are like historical, you know, basically historical places or artifacts, you know, whatever you want to call them that have been there now for almost a hundred years and, you know, they get destroyed so we can put up like some terrible modern, like expensive, like high rise or just really, you know, terrible storefront or something that just and once you lose that stuff you never get it back you know what i mean it's like they're going to demolish this amoeba building and it's like it, never again it'll it will the only thing that will be left is you'll see pictures of it you know what i mean like there there will be no going back to that location like i'll even say tower records which i never got to i never got a chance to go there but uh in 2016 the uh the famous los angeles location the one i think that is right on the sunset strip the uh if not it's like right off of it but uh you know that 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 classic one that i feel like most people know the one i'm talking about and you know even though it's really i don't know what it is right now when i was there i don't think it was anything it was just closed um i think i remember like a gibson like advertisement or promotion like in the window but i don't i don't think it was anything 
Um, and if, if anyone knows, let me know. I, I would wonder what it is right now. But anyway, what I'm getting at is it still looked like Tower Records. You know, even though it wasn't open, I could still go there and take pictures of it. And, you know, like I was in the parking lot and stuff. So it was kind of cool you could see that. Where with, with the Amoeba location, you're going to go there and you're going to see whatever terrible thing they put in its place. And you just be like, well, fuck, something cool was once there. It's not anymore. But it was once there, you know, that that, that stuff is just devastating to me. I, I think I'm also a, uh, I don't know, I'm probably a fairly sentimental person. And, uh, you know, stuff like that just bums me out, you know, including where I, I don't, I don't know. I, I obviously don't own it. And, and I'm sure that the people making all the money and buying this shit, like it matters more to financially. But it's like, I just don't get it you know, from, from a standpoint of going like, it's just sucks. Like there's this thing that everyone loves. It's historical, like music lovers. It, it means something, something to them. You know, if you, if you live in LA, you know, there's probably you, so much history there. You've probably been going there your whole life, life, you know, buying so many albums that meant the world to you. And then they just demolish the place, you know, and it's, it, the whole, the whole thing bums me out. And uh, th- this whole development of them not reopening is is just even more of a bummer, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that Amoeba's not going anywhere. I'm happy that, uh, you know, they're going to be reopening on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, I'm sure it'll still be, you know, now it'll just be a new place for me to go check out next time I'm in L.A., but uh, still definitely a bummer, you know. I, I, I love Amoeba. Those those are the best stores. The uh, There's that one, the one in San Francisco, and the uh, Oakland location. But uh, the one, the one in LA is the best, and it, it, it's it's just an absolute bummer that it's closing. You know, a- absolute bummer. But uh, I, I I love it, and you know, if you if you are in that area and can get there before it gets demolished, I don't know when they plan on demolishing it for uh, the new building, but go check it out if you haven't yet. You know, it's 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 historical, I would say. But uh, yeah, that that's a little music news for you, I guess. Not the not the highest note to end on there, you know. Kind of a kind of a downer, but hey, it, it's just it's just the truth. It's a uh, it's an absolute bummer about that, you know. I, I love Amoeba Records, one of the uh, one of the best, I would say. Amoeba Records, the uh, the L.A. location, uh, House of Guitars in Rochester, New York, and. Uh, Ooh, what's another one? I'm, I'm, I'm talking my favorite record stores. Those are probably my two favorite in the world. I'm kind of thinking like a third. Um, I'm drawing a blank because I know, trust me, trust me, I, I shouldn't have to reach for this. I, I've been to many record stores in this in this country. And uh, yeah, I mean, Amoeba, Amoeba and House of Guitars, two of my favorites, two of my definite favorites. And uh, thankfully, House of Guitars only is going anywhere. If you've never been there, you got it. If you're ever in Rochester, that is a place to, I, I don't even know how to really do it justice by explaining it, but like, like whether you're a musician or just a music fan, cause it's both, it's a, it's a music store, like a guitar store, like a guitar shop, which has an amazing selection, just huge, literally a house of guitars. And the basement though, is one of the biggest record stores you'll ever see. And not just that, but it's just an abyss. And I don't know how to explain, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. You already know what I mean by abyss. You, you know exactly what I mean, but it's just an abyss of things, meaning there's boxes just lying around things aren't really I wouldn't say organization is their forte there but what I love about it is I've found the most random shit they're going like like literally there'll be a box sitting on the floor by like an end cap 
just I mean not not really supposed to be there just kind of laying there and you open it and all of a sudden it's like rare promo samplers from like 2001 from like a random band like I found the most random rare cool stuff there just because it's so cluttered that you'll just find it in the weirdest of places like it's not if you go looking specifically for something you ain't gonna find it but what would you will find is something you didn't know you were looking for that you'll really want. I got some old ass Soul Asylum shirts there that were older. I think they're older than me. One is from, uh, I think it's a, uh, maybe, I think maybe they toured France. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really old, uh, really old Soul Asylum shirt, but it's, it's all in, the whole thing's in French. It's really, really cool. But uh, yeah, that, that, that is another one I, I love, which, uh, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, that one never closes down. But uh, yeah, Amoeba and House of Guitars, two of the best record stores we got in the country, I would say. You know, hit me up. I love, I love record stores. I let me know your favorites, and uh, you know, maybe I always get a kick out of that too, because I always like to hear from ones. You know, someone mentions one, like, oh yeah, like I've been there. Like I get so excited. It's like, oh yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Like, yeah, let let me know. What are your favorite record stores out there? What are some of your favorites? You know, let me let me know. But uh, yeah, that that's gonna be the episode. Just wanted to do an extra one this week, kind of do a uh, rundown of the month, and uh, kind of let you know what's going on. You know, give you give you if nothing else, let you know what's going on in music, and give you some some uh, music to go check out. Some recommendations. Go check out all those bands. Like I said, have uh, have new things out to go check out. Lots of new music out, and uh, yeah, you know. But yeah, thank you so much for checking out this episode, and uh, we'll be back on Monday with another one. And uh, I have my buddy Zach Gorsheski, who we had on, I guess it would have been about two months ago now, doing uh, our top five Blink-182 songs with my buddy Kyle Steven and Zach. And uh, this one is me and Zach doing our top five drive through records albums. And uh, and I, when we say releases, because we do EPs and we do full lengths, you know, it's all kind of fair game and comps as well. So uh, drive through releases are top five, and uh, we get all into that. It's going to be a two-parter. We, we did a nice long one, and uh, part one is going to be out Monday. And I also have some very cool interviews that I will not say just yet. I, uh, I will let them happen, and then I will tease them. Because that has bitten me in the ass before. There's a lot of times you get you get people who you're like booking an interview, and then just for whatever reason something happens where where it doesn't happen, even though it was supposed to, and then it just you look like a dummy when you're like so and so is going to be on the show. Oh no, guess not. Guess that's not happening. So so I will tell you. I can't say who they are, but I should have some very cool guests coming up for you here in May. And uh, you know we're just going to keep keep keeping on here and uh yeah you know stay connected with the show we're at power Court hour on twitter instagram facebook we're on youtube we're on spotify check out the power Court hour radio show every friday night at 10 eastern on 107.9 wrfa in jamestown new york you can also stream the station on their website wrfalp.com and also on the wrfa iphone app just go search wrfa in your uh, app store you'll find it there and uh, hit me up powercordhour at gmail.com i have some power Court hour pins and uh, some t-shirts as well i'd love to send you some for free just hit me up with your address and i will send you some out as a thank you for supporting the show and that's going to be it until next episode for the power Court hour i'm anthony merchant thanks for listening <laughs>